listening to a podcast that provides inspiration, connection, resources, and even opportunity. This is episode one, Marathon of Victory, Below the Surface. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm your host, Valencia Hardy. Forward. Stay in step. Galatians 6, verse 9. When the enemy can't take you out all at once, he tries to wear you down. Don't grow weary in doing good things, even though sometimes it can be difficult. You must focus on using your trouble to get you where you need to go. Filling your mind with positive thoughts will leave less room for negative thoughts. Speak positive things to yourself by saying things like, I know my God is still on the throne. And I am more than a conqueror. Bad things happen to good people just as it did to Daniel and Jacob back in the Bible days. But God works it all together for your good. Thank God in the difficult times and set your mind on victory. When you do this, it will make the trial easier to overcome. Worry weighs you down and tries to make you think that your goal is not obtainable and causes you to use excessive energy. This is the fuel that can be used to push through the challenge. We are all a work in progress. Developing character is not automatic, nor is it instant. Maturity is building character. It is a gradual and a lifelong journey. Not everyone will understand your journey, and that's okay, because my purpose is not to make everyone understand. My shoes are meant for me to walk in. My purpose is simply to share what God has done in my life and hopefully encourage someone else as they go through their journey. Everyone makes mistakes from time to time. It's in our nature as humans. But be sure not to carry that load for the road ahead. I have decided not to allow anyone to change me or to chain me to my past. Those chains and things are weighted in life. We all have challenges we face, but if we hold on to things like self-pity, regret, bitterness, guilt, shame, stress, and worry, they will fill our hearts with all the wrong things. Life is too short to go through it filled with negativity. Encourage yourself if no one else will with things like, I am an overcomer. And an achiever. Trust God and trust God even when it is not making sense. Thanks so much for listening and stay tuned next week for chapter one, the beginning.
Chapter 1, The Beginning. His mission to get all the glory. Earth, where pitfalls lead to victory. Sometimes we wish we could go back and fix something that we did or something that happened. We can only move forward and be diligent with our eyes open and prepare as much as possible. Run with a purpose in all steps. I guess this is the only way that I will be able to look back at the start because I will not be going back. I am released. The chains are broken. No longer will my past haunt me. It will thrust me forward. God made us all with different personalities, thoughts, feelings, and behaviors that may or may not honor Christ. But that is the human side of us, which commits sin and follows the enemy instead of God. That part of us thinks it's running things. We forget that God breathed into us the breath of life. We separate ourselves from God and become unable to relate to him correctly. This doesn't mean that he won't still love us. He sent his only son to pay for our sins. Jesus died so we could be close to God. When we are centered on self, we close the door of the spirit and are not near to God. The first human beings, Adam and Eve, were seduced by the enemy and they chose to disobey God. Yes, chose. From the very beginning, God gave man a free will. This allows man to choose him voluntarily. For example, when a store attracts us with a special sale, we have a choice to buy whatever they are offering or to pay the mortgage. It's the same with the choice of listening to the still small voice of God. Choosing to listen to the enemy will cause us to separate ourselves from God, just as it did with Adam and Eve when they were disobedient. Imagine what it would be like if Adam and Eve had made a different choice. This journey starts with a beautiful little girl born on the 24th day of the second month of the year. She was a happy child. She was not the first grandchild, although it appeared that way to some who were looking from the outside inward. Her parents married on Halloween, October 31st, 1970, eight months after she was born. You can say the B word all you want, but as the story unfolds, it will become clear that she is uncommon, rare, and not just ordinary. We lived in a studio apartment in Baltimore City on Utah Place. Remembering the times we spent there brings back old memories. I can still hear my mom's radio playing and the radio personality. I believe her name was Miss Wells. 
and my dad would be chasing me around the apartment while my mother fixed Sunday breakfast. I was never too far from my maternal great-grandmother, whom everyone called Big Mama, and my grandmother, whom I called Mama. They both played a major part in my life. I was at Big Mama's house almost every day. Some even say, you may as well live there. Interesting. And you will see why later. I helped with the cooking and baking, which I love. I also helped with the laundry, which I was not, am still not, too fond of. Though the road is sometimes lonely, just set the pace and stay the course. Be careful not to become paralyzed by the challenges along the way. When this happens, a person loses the ability to move forward, meaning sometimes we freeze completely in response to daily life. It may not be easy, but if you find yourself in a similar situation, do your best to take the next step forward. In challenging times, people often become frozen because of the fear of making a wrong decision. Do not retreat. You always have options. I spent many of my days reading and playing school teacher with my dolls. I was the only girl child with my two brothers around the house most of the time. So Big Mama and Mama were my best friends. Occasionally, my cousin Rita would come over and stay a few nights with me until she moved to Arizona with her mom and stepfather. I talked to my grandmothers about all kinds of things. They seemed to always have the perfect answer for every question. Wonder what my grandmothers would have to say about these questions. Isn't being a Christian more important than following the rules? Does God only care about the outside? That can't be right. Religion tells you what to do and the rules are always changing. God never changes. I grew up in a church-going family, so I went to church with both my grandmother and my great-grandmother. I was a member of my grandmother's church and I spent a lot of time there with her and other members of my family. We were always involved in many of the various ministries in the church. I would have all kinds of questions and most of the time mama would have the answer. I would always be curious about different things like death and God and Jesus. I would ask, are there such things as spirits? Or who is Jesus? Mama would always read the Bible and pray. So I knew she was not going to church. But she was also building a relationship. She was not just going to church. But she was also building a relationship with God. She was living it. Mama would always teach me about right and wrong. And it was in a very nurturing way.
My church family was old school, so the females had to wear skirts or dresses all the time. After a sermon by my uncle about wearing what pertains to a man, I mentioned to my grandmothers that I didn't want to wear skirts all the time. I guess I was around 12 or 13 years old at the time. I told them how people at school were picking on me and asking me a lot of questions. Later, I even got into fights and got suspended from school because of it. One day, I was in social studies class and Kim, one of my classmates, kept asking me, why you have to wear those skirts all the time and those ugly leg warmers? She may not she may not have said that they were ugly, but that's what I heard, and I thought they were ugly too. I didn't want to talk to my parents about the situation because my father would always say I was supposed to stand up for myself, but my mother thought otherwise. Of course, my attitude was not always great. But I just needed them to hear me out. Mama knew I was a good child. She would always say things like, you can do it or let learn read it. I love to learn. I like to go to school and I love to go to Sunday school. And not just because Sister J used to make those bologna sandwiches. I love to hear about Jesus. My favorite song was Jesus Loves the Little Children. Mama mentioned to my mother about me wearing pants, maybe just to play in, but my mother insisted that I was to wear skirts and those ugly leg warmers. My grandmother explained to my mother that it wasn't the clothes or the outer appearance, but that it was what was on the inside that mattered the most. Mama even told my mother that I would do what I wanted when I got older and that I needed to experience things for myself. I didn't know what that meant at the time, but that day has been imprinted on my memory ever since. My grandmother was the mother of the church we attended. So for her to say that, I knew one day it would be okay for me to wear pants. Children, well, people can be cruel without even knowing it. When they don't understand why something or someone is different or unusual. Even I didn't understand at the time. But I did know that I was different. I knew I couldn't do the things that the other children did and I couldn't go the places they could. I believe the term sheltered may have been used a time or two. For example, on Saturdays, instead of hanging out with my friends, I was always at a children's or an adult's choir rehearsal or at some other church event. I didn't understand then why my parents kept me so sheltered, always in skirts, 
And I probably don't completely understand it now either. But at least now I am restored. I realize now that I wanted to please my mother more than anything. But by being passive, I was like a diamond locked away in a vault. I believe that although a diamond is protected and safe when it's locked away, it's Real beauty and potential are not being allowed to blossom and shine. One day, I was playing in my grandmother's living room trying to find something to do to entertain myself when I found a letter from the State Department for my mother. It also had my name on it. I was about 14 years old at the time, and I always... And I always, being the curious type, call me nosy if you want, read the letter and saw that my mother was trying to place me in a behavior modification program. I thought she was trying to get rid of me. So the one day my mother was supposed to take me to the program, I made sure I was nowhere to be found. I don't know what happened, but after that, I didn't hear any more about the program. Recently, when I asked my mom about the letter, she said she didn't even remember about it and that there was no need for that baggage to weigh me down anymore. Would you believe that I had held on to that letter for over 30 years? Preteens and teenagers go through physical and bodily changes that happen because the body is becoming more adult-like and it happens quickly. More attention is usually paid to the appearance and any skin problems, especially on the face, are undesirable. As a teenager, the mind is in a very critical development stage. It can be influenced at a high level by emotions. I believe parents have been put in place as the driver until the child can control the will. I mean, will. A parent is needed during this time of confusion to help cope with the change and with the daily functions as a teen. However, I also believe that it's a partnership and if not handled as one, the result can be devastating. Teenagers can be dogged by many problems such as low self-esteem and withdrawal, especially when the appearance is not fitting. Being a teenager was a challenge for me, especially having to wear skirts and dresses all the time. And did I mention being a sheltered teen? By shelter, I mean living in an establishment where the rules are sort of strict, but also confusing. Unable to participate in extracurriculum activities such as cheerleading and sleepovers and not having a clear understanding of why 
it had to be that way, I was forced to find out on my own what this thing called life was basically about. Despite the restrictions, I was always very independent, even though it may not have appeared possible to be that way. I could complete applications, sew, cook, clean, and catch the bus to a num to another state before I was in high school. I needed help, however, with understanding what was happening in my mind and my emotions. Later, you will see just how my will spun out of control. One day, we had to move into Big Mama's house. The reason for which has always been a restricted topic of discussion. I will just say this. When the head of the house, and we all know that in some situations, the man is not the head, is not doing what he should be doing with or for the family, and all the bills and the pressure fall on the woman, the woman will do what she must to take care of the family. That's what happened to us. And as my mother's income was not enough to support us, we moved to Big Mama's house. Chapter 3. Distractions can cost you. The inside of the track is always the place for me, but if you are not careful, you may find that you have drifted to another lane and distractions can cost you. I wish someone would have shook me back then and told me to stay focused. Oh, and never mind the people you see who appear to be passing you by. Remember, you are not competing with them. Just keep going. So, I met this boy whose real name I won't divulge, but we can call him Dwayne for now. I would always see him when he would stop by his grandmother's house down the street from my house. Dwayne and I became close friends, and I started going to Greenspring Middle School. We would see each other in the morning on the way to school because everyone just had to stop at the penny store at the bottom of the block. Right around the time that Dwayne and I started getting close, I found out that Mama was sick with cancer. During that time, cancer was a word that no one said out loud. So at first, I didn't know what was wrong with her. All I knew was Mama was in and out of the hospital all the time. At the same time, my godmother, aunt or aunt, who was living in the same house as us at the time, just married her new husband, James, and moved out. My godmother and I used to hang out a lot, but now that she was married, she didn't have much time for me as she did before. So my life was taking all kinds of turns. 
All of these events were unexpected distractions, but it was okay because I was growing up anyway. This was the position I chose to take after I realized that this was how it had to be.